0: I just felt really like trapped and I was really unhappy, but I like wanted to leave, but wasn't going to leave. Um, at the same time, my job description was the face of hinge. Like I thought I had the most job security in the world. And one day I get a meeting put on my calendar with the head of the marketing team, at, like 9am. And um, I just had this weird gut feeling. And I texted some of my coworkers. I was like, you guys, I think I'm getting fired in 20 minutes, but I have no idea why. And they're like, Lana, you're crazy. Like there's no way in the world that would happen. I'm like, no, I really think this is happening. And I, before that morning, I didn't have a single thought in my mind that that could ever happen. And My boss gets on the zoom. And before he can even speak, I go, am I getting fired right now? And he was like, not fired, but we are letting you go. And I was like, damn, (laughs) but I will say as shocking as it was, it was the biggest weight off my shoulders. It was like a gift. No. Yeah. Um, You already had
1: that. You had known already. You were like, I want to go somewhere else. You were feeling stuck there. And so it it was shocking, but it all worked out. And sometimes it's a blessing, exactly. disguise. So- getting laid off, getting fired. Sometimes I think we all, a lot of people learn that during COVID. Like it's a, it can be a blessing, this guys, if you allow it to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm so thankful that it happened. And even, even my boss in this conversation, he was like, I think in like a few days, okay, no, maybe a few weeks, like you'll be happy that this happens. I'm like, no, just give it a few minutes really. But yeah. So I knew instantly that I wanted to start a podcast. I actually
1: Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday. Can't believe this is the last week of September. What a month it has been. I like, I'm still in shock. Like, It hasn't changed from last week when I found out that I passed the bar exam and this week with the hurricane and there's a really beautiful sunset going on outside my window right now and I have a glass of wine next to me and we're getting cozy. There's a hurricane party going on in my house and we're just having a good time. And I hope you guys are too. If you were affected by the hurricane or are in the state of Florida, I really, really hope that you and your family were prepared and stayed safe and everyone is okay. My thoughts are with you guys. And yeah, I hope that if you're gonna be getting the outer bands of rain in other states outside of Florida, you guys are doing okay as well. What a week, what a month. I feel like I have been running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to get everything done that I want to get done, setting up my businesses, talking to all the right people, networking, getting connected, getting connected in South Florida, making attorney friends online, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And it feels really cool to know that this is my calling this is what I am meant to do and be living in it and you know working in and on my business and I have an intern who is helping me do the social media and one of my best friends I think I mentioned last week is helping me with my website and it's just really cool to know that I have people in my corner supporting me and talking to people the more and more I talk to people and I share my idea or more people find me online and see me out there doing what I love and encouraging me and supporting me. It really just does mean the world to me to know that I have so many people in my corner and it feels really, really good. And speaking of people in my corner, you know, we talk a lot about dating on here. Just me randomly telling you what's been going on in my dating life and how's it going and my dating journey and all the evolutions that I have made because of my dating journey. I'm really open about how I use all of my good and bad experiences, good dates, bad dates, bad relationships, bad moments in my life as learning lessons, even the good ones. You know, I use everything that happens as a learning lesson and that the most important one I think is dating and it shows you what you don't want versus what you do want and I think it's more important to know what you don't want so you don't fall for the same pattern the next time. And being open to dating constantly, being open to love and opportunities and meeting people and really showing up as your true self. So then that right person, when the right time comes, they walk into your life and you're ready for them. And that's what this week's episode is all about. We talk about dating. We talk about a dating podcast. We talk about how she got into this world. And she is one of my really good friends on social media. I could not have done the podcast or continue to be on social media if it wasn't for people like alana dunn the host of seeing other people so much fun so uplifting this conversation was a lot of fun it felt really good to chat with her and connect with her and if it isn't for people like her online natalie barbu being another one you know amanda wan like she's my podcast editor so you're gonna listen to this before everybody else and you've been on the podcast before, and it's just people that are so, so supportive of me and my endeavors. I can't wait to love and support you guys and what you're doing. And yeah, it's just, it comes full circle. And tonight I'm feeling a little bit mushy. It might be the wine, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Alana because I think there's so much great stuff in here about going with the flow you know she started off in one place ended up in another had no idea she would be where she's at now when she started and you know she's a true testament to going with the flow and taking the opportunities that come with you and that come to you and going with them and it's really cool to see her her journey since when we spoke like five months ago to now um it's really really cool so i hope you guys enjoy this episode with alana and Thank you guys so, so much for listening. It really does mean the absolute world to me that you guys listen to the podcast week after week and you send me the sweetest messages and people want to come on my podcast and share their stories. It absolutely means the world to me. So if you've been here for a year or even if this is your first time listening, thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the Let's Get Candid community. Be sure to join us on Geneva so you can get first dibs on anything I'm sharing. Follow me on Instagram at Kayla Moran. Follow the podcast on Instagram at the let's get candid podcast like like the show leave a rating and review subscribe follow along share with a friend screenshot and tag us as you're listening on instagram and yeah send this to someone who you know is struggling with dating and needs a helping hand because alana is your girl and i'm always happy to share my experiences with you guys as well And we dive in a little bit in this episode and in another episode that's coming out soon after. Sorry if you hear the noise behind me. That is the hurricane party aforementioned. My brother and his friends are in town. And yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Now, meet Alana. I'm so excited to have you on. Literally, like fangirling right now. I've implemented a new segment. So, I want to ask you what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you?
0: Oh, my God. That's a, you know what? Somebody, first, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been waiting for this for a while. Someone actually texted me the other day and was like, Was asking me about an Instagram post that they were going to post about like a promotion they got, and she was saying how she never posts on Instagram, like she's so scared to do it. It's like causing a lot of anxiety. This is like a like a someone who's like thirty years old, like, and how she's so impressed with how I do it so like effortlessly, and how I never let it get to me and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'm really glad that like that's what it looks like from the outside looking in. But no, like I get so anxious every single time I post. I second guess things all the time. I question what like this is giving off about me to somebody or how somebody can like misjudge me because of a post. And so I think just from like stalking me on social media or looking at my Instagram, like I do think part of it is like faking confidence, but I'm like really not confident. And that's actually something that somebody asked my boyfriend who I've been dating for over a year now. They asked him like, what's something that like you learned about Alana over time that like surprised you based on like an initial judgment. He was like that she's really like, Sensitive and like not as confident as she seems. I'm like, yeah, that's true.
1: Oh, I want to go into all of that, like how you guys met and your relationship story and all of that later. But that's so funny that it just it goes to show like not everything it online that you see online is reality, and that's why they say fake it till you make it. And it's okay to because over time, eventually, you'll be like, oh wait, I'm not faking. Like I actually do believe that, or I am confident. But it doesn't mean that you're confident at every single time or every hour of the day, like, you know, everyone I think would think that I'm a very confident person too. And like, I mean, I am outwardly, but inside, like I have insecurities just like everybody else. So I think that's a great first like, thing to say on the episode, but also just like a really great reminder for people that like, we can come off really confident online, but doesn't necessarily mean we are very confident off- offline or that we are at all times and it's okay to not be so confident. And to be sensitive and to, you know, have feelings like that's what makes us human. So I love that. But I want to, before we go into your relationship, because it actually has a lot to do with your job. So how did you get into podcasting and the dating and relationship world. Take us back.
0: So let's rewind back to um, 2016. I graduated college and started working at a record label. My whole college experience was surrounding my desire to work in the music business. And I did for a while. And while I'm working in the music business, my dating life is like going up in flames. Everything's a disaster. After two years of working at a record label, I'm really unhappy. I'm realizing that like, I'm not making the positive impact on people that I thought I would that I set out to do in the music business. And at the same time, like I said, my relationship up in flames, disaster, dating life, a dumpster fire. And this is a very long story, short version of it, but I was feeling really lost and I knew I needed to leave the music industry because it was not health, like healthy for me. It was not like suiting me well at all. And I was applying to a million different jobs for like six months. I was just applying to anything. I'm like, I'll take anything I can get. I just need to get out. And luckily um, somebody passed along that Hinge was hiring for a video and content producer. Though I had never done any content about dating, I had the actual technical skills for this job. And I was like, oh, like I'm always the friend in the friend group that everybody comes to, to like talk about dating, not because I like have the answers or I'm good at it, but because I'm really interested. I like want to help. I want to listen. And so I applied, I ended up getting the job and a huge part of the job was doing like on camera content about dating, which again, I had never done before, but I was like, you know what? Like if I can do anything to help people not end up having their dating lives be like mine, Great, awesome. And so I really did like fake it till I made it in terms of learning how to be on camera. And like looking back, those videos are so cringy and embarrassing, but it's like great to see how far I've come with it. But for the first like year that I was at hinge, I had a very strict rule for myself and like for my team that was my dating life was my dating life. It was off limits for content. I did not want somebody to not want to date me because of what I did for a living. So I kept it very surface level, like, how to not ghost someone, like what to do if you're feeling upset about a breakup, like how to, the conversations you should have on your first date, things like that. Very, very surface level until about a year in, I'm actually going through a really tough breakup and I was having a really difficult time with it. And I was like, all right, I can't just like, hop on the Instagram story right now for Hinge and like pretend I'm fine and like encourage people that everything's going to be fine because like I'm not fine and it's not so I actually did something really different which I just kind of opened up and I went on the story and posted a few stories about how I was going through a really tough breakup and I was feeling really alone I was feeling really confused and having a really difficult time getting through it and I said like I know you guys always come to me for advice but turning the tables like what words of encouragement Do you have for me? Like, how can I get through this? And it really was this big light bulb moment where, like, DMs were suddenly flooded with people, not necessarily giving me advice, but just thanking me for sharing that raw moment, for opening up that I was having a difficult time, for making them feel seen and understood because they were going through something similar. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is really how I can actually help people, which is the motivation behind everything I was doing. But this finally clicked as, like, okay me talking about my dating life, not necessarily who I'm going on dates with or like what's happening on them, but the, the dating struggles, like the pain behind the modern dating experience, like that is what's relatable. Like that is what people want to hear about, want to talk about. And so I started doing that in little videos. And after a little while I was like, okay, like these 30, 60 second, three minute videos are okay. But how great would it be if we had like a podcast about this and I could actually talk for longer about things and talk to experts to learn and help people figure out how to not end up feeling the way I was feeling. And, um, that kind of was the birth of dating sucks, which is a podcast I hosted for hinge. And that led me into being off on my own doing seeing other people. That's oh, yeah. so
1: crazy. So I actually want to talk to you a little bit about college and like what you studied in college to get into the music industry, because that's definitely an industry that a lot of people want to be in. But a common theme on this podcast has been that paths are not linear. And that you're yeah. another example of just, you know, you set out to do one thing and you kind of have to go with the flow and it takes you where you're meant to be. So I love that. And I I agree. I think I didn't even know that. So I'm on Hinge. We can talk about that later. But I didn't know that Hinge had a podcast ever or that they did. Like, I don't follow like Hinge on Instagram. I don't I'm not someone who like follows the apps that I use. So I didn't know about any of that. But it's just so cool how, you know, just sharing like, you know, ghosting tips and like how to handle this, this and this. But then when you turn the tables and it's like, oh, like this is really making an impact. I think it's hard to do but I personally love following the accounts whether it's a business or a person in general who share like not necessarily all the time but they, they're they not afraid to be vulnerable and share like the behind the scenes and the realities and you it's up to you how personal you want to get with it but like just sharing like hey like I'm struggling with whatever it is too I think that I, I love that. So it's funny how that was the turning point for you. And we'll talk all about seeing other people in a little bit, but what did you study in college and like, why the music industry?
0: So a few things, when I entered college, I went to Syracuse university. I came into their communication school, new house. I came in as a photojournalism major. I loved photography. My two passions growing up were photography and the Jonas brothers. And that, that part is important. In yes, the story, it is very news. important. Um, And so I ended up going through like my freshman year, I took like the intro classes for the photojournalism major. And I was like, no, I don't need a degree to take pictures. I'm already good at this. Like I, my parents are paying like however many hundreds of thousands of dollars we'd be here for four years. Like I can get a lot more out of this school. And so I looked at the other majors and I switched to television, radio, film, which I thought like really wide variety I could use, like, I loved making, like, music videos. I loved video editing, stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I could definitely do more with this. And there are a lot of different directions I can go in, but overall, like, kind of entertainment industry. And took my first class for that second semester. Sorry, first semester, sophomore year. Loved it. Then it came time where I had to declare a major and I'm like, I'm a minor. I'm like, I a minor i am like i do not know what I want to do. And I'm like looking through this list of like 250 minors that I could possibly take. And I was like, I'll probably just be a psych minor. I feel like everyone's a psych minor. And I was just like checking through the page one last time. And I noticed like music business. And I was like, wait a second. Oh, Syracuse. We have one of the best music business programs in the country. Why the hell did I never think about that? And I loved like the music industry. Like I loved everything about music growing up. My whole childhood was based around my love for the Jonas Brothers. Like I made friends in middle school on their fan sites who are still my like best friends today. Literally my college roommate and the girl who I like moved to New York City with and lived with for years, we met on Team Jonas in 2008. I That's went to college together, so together, moved to New York city together. I yeah. love that. So I was like, Oh my God, like a hundred percent. Why did I not think of this sooner? I was like almost embarrassed, but so I took that on and I instantly just started doing like every single internship I could get, getting my foot in the door. My first internship was at C100. I interned at MTV news. I interned at billboard. I interned at Capitol records. Like I just, I didn't have connections. And that was my biggest like pain point as a music fan growing up where all of my friends, like, They wanted to meet the Jonas Brothers just because they were the Jonas Brothers were cool and they wanted to meet them. So their parents. Friends who worked in the industry could hook it up. And I'm like, why does everybody else get front row tickets and meet and greets and all this stuff? And I don't. And like, I'm the one who actually cares. And so I was like, okay, like now I have this new mission to like be the connection. But I really wanted to use my skills for like photography, graphic design, videography, editing to help people fall in love with music the same way I did by feeling like really connected to their favorite bands and musicians. So like behind the scenes content, like whatever it was that could really enhance that fan artist relationship is what I set off to do and so that's what I did but at the same time like I was like for my senior capstone project I ended up picking so in television radio film you kind of have to pick uh, like a route to go in and they say about like two students every year out of like 150 in the program pick radio I was one of the two that year And so my senior capstone project was about basically the Jonas Brothers. I made a radio show with my friend, Sarah, about like the artists that we grew up with in middle school and where they are now and how they shaped our childhood and stuff. And so I kind of had a little bit of like microphone experience, but I've never been more embarrassed. I've never felt less skilled at something where, like, when I was doing this project with my friend, I was like, it's so embarrassing that, like, this is my project. And, like, she's just being nice and, like, co hosting it so that I can have a show. But, like, she's really good at this and I'm terrible. And I hope my professor doesn't pick up on that. Yeah. It was really interesting how, like, I learned to do all of these things in school that I did because I genuinely love every part of it. But I definitely did not expect them to end up impacting my career as much as they ended up doing, you know? Yeah, no, Oma,
1: there's so many great things you said there. One, networking, another big theme on this podcast, connections. You wanted to be the connector for people because you didn't have that growing up and now you are an incredible connector for people and a resource for people. So I love that. And also 90% of people probably more don't work in the career that their degree is based in and that's okay but the skills you learned do help you. And they can, they can, and they do help you better said they can, and they do help you because you thought you wanted to do photography. You're still doing videography and photography. Now you wanted to work in the music industry. It led you to radio, which podcast is kind of like the modern form of radio. So you learned all those skills in college and you're still using them every single day. And I think that's such a great lesson to learn that it's okay that you can have this bigger goal for your life, yourself. And like if there's not a if you still want to go to college, but there's no degree that's going to get you there, doesn't matter. Do what you're passionate about. Find a major that's going to help you get there, even if it's not directly linked, because you're gonna learn skills that will get you there. Perfect example, I'm in law school. You're probably like thinking, why are you still in law school if you're gonna be pursuing social media? I wanna be an influencer's lawyer a lawyer mm. and an influencer and help people that are influencers and be their lawyer and also work on my own brand deal. So I don't have to pay someone else to do them. That's where I'm mm. going to use my law degree. I still need that degree. I still need those skills. Even as a student, the skills I've learned in law school have shaped me as a person. They are helping me with creating content because I create content by important networking and confidence. And the connections you make is because I learned the value of that in law school. So and I started the podcast while I've been in law school because I needed a creative outlet. So, like, it all goes hand in hand. So, I love that so much. Your love
0: for the Jonas brothers just makes me laugh so much. Um, like, it's it's intense. It's, it goes really far back. It, it goes deep. It really, really goes deep. I actually, when I was right after I graduated, right before I started my job at Sony Music, I was, um, I'd applied to be one of Nick Jonas's like ambassadors. He like announced that he wanted to hire a team of fans to work with him and his management team to help improve his relationship with his fans. I'm like, this is quite literally what <laughs> I want to do with my career, um, and I think I am qualified to do it for Nick Jonas. And like, a few thousand people applied from all over the world. Um, you had to make a video to apply, which I'm like, great, this is right up my alley, like perfect. And they ended up picking 15 people from all over the world, eight from the U.S., seven from other countries, and. I got picked and it was like the craziest thing in the world. And so it's like, I'm like being flown all over the country to like have meetings with him and his managers. And like, these so other, like the cool. other 14 ambassadors were like still like, and this was in 2016, like one of the ambassadors, my friend Elizabeth like came and stayed with me in New York for a weekend to like go to a concert in the fall. Like, it's just so funny how much of my life like really was shaped by them um, They also tie into how I met my boyfriend, which is really funny too. But yeah. we'll get there later.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that is. I didn't know about that. That is so cool. So they were actually my second concert ever. My first one was Hilary Duff, and then my second oh was my God. them. Them with Miley Cyrus. Like right when she had just switched to like best of both worlds tour. Han- sure. Yeah, the Hannah Montana to Miley Cyrus. Like it was. I I remember the t shirt. I don't have it anymore, obviously. But like, it was like the black one, um, with like it was like gold and like amber and like Mm. that that concert yeah I don't know the name of their tour but it was the best of both worlds for her and like and looked me in the eyes yes that one that's what it was (laughs) so it that is so funny they were my second concert ever but I did really like them growing up too um so were you and Nick like which one was your favorite brother Nick I assume I was a Nick girl I was a Nick girl I think I was a Joe girl I I don't actually remember but I'd have to ask my mom but Um, that's so funny. So yeah, you leave. So actually you don't leave hinge. You got laid off. So what was that? Like you were working at hinge. How long were you there? And then you find out you were laid off and you know, you no longer have dating sucks. And what did you do next?
0: Yeah, that was a really shocking and confusing experience for me. So like my last six months, I was there for a little over two years and my last six months were like during quarantine it was like in between, like I I started dating sex. Like we did a 12 episode season one and it was like, Oh my God, this is what I'm meant to do. I absolutely freaking love this. And then just as hinge was growing, it was just becoming like way more corporate. You know, when I first got there, it was like, okay, you're here, go do whatever you want. Like if you have ideas, like see them through, see how it works. And, and it was really this like place where I was allowed to be so creative and try things out and see what sticks. Then like Dating Sucks Season Well performed like exceptionally well, but just because of the changes that Hinge was going through, like it literally was taking six months to get season two approved. And so I'm sitting there like itching to get back out there, like to be like recording episodes. I'm like, I don't understand. Like I could be recording like one episode, two episodes a week. Like, why are we pausing? Like it takes no effort from anyone else to do it. Like I can just do it. Let me do it. Um, and I ended up just feeling really like creatively stunted and and blocked and held back. And I at, at the same time, like I just just moved back home with my parents. Like it just was a really tough tough time for me for me and my career. And I I really wanted to leave, but I didn't know how to leave because now that I had figured out like what I really loved and truly wanted to do more than anything, I'm like, well, I'm not going to go somewhere where I can't just like do that. And so I'm like, okay, like, I guess I could apply to like jobs, like only at Betches and Barstool and companies like that. And it was so limiting. And I just felt really like trapped and I was really unhappy, but I like wanted to leave, but wasn't going to leave. Um, At the same time, my job description was the face of Hinge. Like I thought I had the most job security in the world. And one day I get a meeting put on my calendar with the head of the marketing team at like 9 a.m., and I'm, I just had this weird gut feeling. And I texted some of my coworkers. I was like, you guys, I think I'm getting fired in 20 minutes, but I have no idea why. And they're like, Lana, you're crazy. Like, there's no way in the world that would happen. I'm like, no, I really think this is happening. And I, before that morning, I didn't have a single thought in my mind that that could ever happen. And My boss gets on the zoom. And before he can even speak, I go, am I getting fired right now? And he was like, not fired, but we are letting you go. And I was like, damn, but I will say as shocking as it was, it was the biggest weight off my shoulders. It was like a gift. No. Yeah. Um, You already had that.
1: You had known already. You were like, I want to go somewhere else. You were feeling stuck there. And so it it was shocking, but it all worked out. And sometimes it's a blessing, getting laid off, getting fired. Sometimes I think we all, a lot of people learn that during COVID. Like it's a, it can be a blessing, this guys, if you allow it to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm so thankful that it happened. And even, even my boss in this conversation, he was like, I think In like a few days. Okay, no, maybe a few weeks. Like, you'll be happy that this happens. I'm like, no, just give it a few minutes, really. But yeah, so I knew instantly that I wanted to start a podcast. I actually, so I had a co-host during Dating Sucks. His name's Jonah Feingold. If you don't know Jonah, check him out. He has a movie out called Dating in New York. And he... I texted him wow, this conversation's happening. Like, wow, I'm being fired. And I'm like, I just got fired. Well, let go, but fired. But do you want to start a podcast? And he was like, What? What? Yes. What? Yes. So and did he did It was did like, he- did he work at Hinge too? He didn't actually work at Hinge. J- I just hired him to be my co-host. So got he it. just did that. Dating sucks with me. But it was like, I didn't even skip a beat. Like, I'm still in this Zoom. Like HR is about to come in to explain like the process. And I'm already planning seeing other people. And so that was November of 2020. And then we launched seeing other people the first or second day of January, 2021. That's so crazy. So how did you guys come up with
1: the name seeing other people? Cause I know there was a few different names thrown around.
0: How did we come up with the name Seeing Other People? It took about 200 terrible names. I have a list in front of me of some of them. Um, And then narrowing things down, heavily debating things, posting on our close friends' Instagram stories, getting feedback from people. We ultimately chose seeing other people. I didn't like it. Really? I did not like it. What did you want it to be called? That I don't... No, but here, going to read some of them. I just pulled yeah. up the note. Not over it. Dating other people. What are we? P.S. I like you. Double text. Double X. IDK single. Complicated AF. Should I text? It's not us, but it's them. In our feelings. Not another dating podcast. P.S. I like you. Oh, wait, that was another one. Um, Simp City. I do <laughs> not remember not that dating. one. <laughs> Singled out. Mixed signals. Still not over it. Uh, emotionally unavailable. Do they like me or the right reasons? I don't know what ended up like being in the finals, but I know that those were, there were some terrible ideas in there that I was probably pushing for. Um, I'm grateful that seeing other people is the one that was chosen. That's so funny. So- you guys started seeing other people as a duo
1: and now it's just you. What was that transition like and how far along did that come?
0: That came around like, I think like the five month mark, maybe. Yeah. I think around May we launched launched in January, you know, seeing other people was something that for me, like I knew it was what I wanted to do. I was going to do seeing it. I, I knew the second, this hinge thing unfolded that I did not want to apply to another company. Because like I said, like it was such a specific thing I wanted to do and it probably wasn't gonna happen at 99% of places. So I was like, you know what? Like, screw that. I'm not applying to a single job. And I'm gonna do seeing other people and I'm gonna freelance on the side. And so that was for me, seeing other people, freelancing on the side to make it work. And for Jonah, his career has always been about movies. He's a screenwriter, he's a director. And so he was gonna continue doing that but for him he was like writing and directing and seeing other people on the side and so it just got to a certain point where like I wanted to put all of my time into seeing other people but the bigger thing was that Jonah one of his movies had just gotten into the Tribeca Film Festival like was taking off another of his movies was getting a lot of interest he had to go film and so like we kind of just had this like misalignment in terms of what our priorities were but it wasn't really a misaligned like It wasn't like, well, like, why aren't you paying enough attention to seeing other people? Like, it was more just like, he had this big dream and it started to take off. So he had to go pursue it. And I was like, okay, like, I wish, like, no bad blood at all. It's like, I wish you the absolute best of luck. Like, of course you have to go do that. And this is what I have to do. And it was a really scary transition just because I had never done a solo episode before, you know? I mean, I had done those five months of podcasting. I'd done 12 episodes of Dating Sucks. And I had done the few episodes of my senior capstone project where I was embarrassed to be on it next to my friend who was a lot better than me. So I was really scared to just like even do an episode where I was hosting on my own. You know, it's now March of 2022. And I actually just released my first solo episode. I actually like, I I was like, Oh, that's probably terrible. And like, so many people were damning being like, Oh my God, that was amazing. You have to do more solos. Like, why are you doing more solos? But it's like, I don't know. I I don't have the confidence to, but what I ended up doing with the transition with Jonah was I booked five recordings in that first week because I needed to throw myself into it and just like do it. And I loved it.
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's so important to talk about one, just launch fast and adjust. Like Lauren Bostic says, like you, and you did, you threw yourself into it and it worked out crazy that you just now did a solo episode. Like I started this, like, my first two or three episodes were solos. Like when I started the podcast, I didn't know who my guests were gonna be yet. Um, I had all these ideas, but like they hadn't said yes yet. So that's mm-hmm. so wild. And I think it's also important to note like the whole, you know, with Jonah not having bad blood, like our paths are just different and that's okay. When did so you started freelancing on the side to support yourself while seeing other people was taking off? What did you do as a freelancer? How did you like quickly talk like talk a little bit about like how you marketed yourself as a freelancer, what you did, and how long did it take for you to be able to put all of your energy and effort into seeing other people? Or do you still freelance on the side even now?
0: Yeah, great question. So I will say with freelancing, like I was very fortunate to have made so many connections over the prior few years where I kind of set myself up for success without even knowing it. So like I posted that like maybe a month after being let go from hinge, I posted that I was no longer working at Hinge. And I like just let people know, like by the way, like I'm freelancing if you if anyone knows anyone. And like I I had the really lucky issue of like never I never needed more clients. If anything, I struggled to say no and I would frequently overwork myself and overwhelm myself. Um so that was that's something I've faced over the past year, like consistently where like I don't want to say no to opportunities. Um but I struggle I with that too. I struggle with that so much too, but also again, power of
1: networking and connections. Like seriously, if there's anything, like if you're listening, there's anything that we are telling you to go do it's put yourself out there, whether it's, I'm a big proponent of LinkedIn. So get on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you never know who the people around you are and how they can get you where you want to be. So you just got to put it out there that you're, you're open to work or open to opportunities. But yeah, so how long did it take, and what what were you doing as a freelancer? Were you like photography, editing, videography?
0: Yeah, I was doing. Um, so I did. I've done social media for a few different people. Some with podcasts. I produced another podcast. Um, I helped like come up like marketing plans for like someone's book launch. Um, this workout company that I was like really obsessed with at the time. Um, I like talked to the founder and I was like, "If you guys like need any help with content creation, like." I'm here. Like I'm all, all in. And I did that. So there were a lot of different things I did, but it was all through word of mouth or like people I already knew who suddenly I was available to work and I was exactly what they like wanted or needed at the time. Um, But it's, I mean, look, it's been really tough and like starting a podcast and making it your full thing, like your full-time thing is really difficult unless you get really lucky with like a few viral videos in a row that help you get a fuck ton of followers all at once like it's a really really slow build so i'm still freelancing um this year is when i want i'm planning to make that transition um into full time i realistically was thinking like end of 2022 early 2023 was my goal but i'm starting kind of to do that transition now instead because i've realized that like seeing other people has demanded a lot more of my time lately and I want to give it all of my creative energy. And so having to split between seeing other people and like the one freelancing client I have left has been really difficult for me because I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough like ideas. Like, yes, I, I have a very creative brain, but there's only so much I can give. And I'm getting to a point where like, I I'm losing motivation. I'm losing energy. It's like becoming like mentally unhealthy for me. And so I am starting to transition out of that and make that current situation like a much more scaled back version. So it's like 80% of my time seeing other people 20% of my time that.
1: No, that makes total sense. And that's so exciting that, you know, you're able to now, you have the luxury and you're able to support yourself with your passion project. Because I think that's so important when you do it because you love it. One, it shows Hence, like why when you turn the tables on you back a Hinge, like it took off mm-hmm. for you. It led you to where you are now because we know you love it as your audience. It's authentic. People want to work with you and you're like sponsors and you're able to put a lot more time and energy in it into it. So I think that's really great. And yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about the freelancing thing because you do look live in New York city, which we all know is a very expensive place to live. So I was curious just how you are able to support yourself hosting a podcast. And I, and I figured you still did freelance and like, you know, you'll, you can always have like a one-off here and there, but how do you, I want to quickly jump into dating and how you met your boyfriend, but how do you support yourself hosting a podcast? Like, where does the money come from in podcasting and how do you manage the creative side and the business side? Because
0: you do have to do both. It's really hard. And I really, really hate the business side and I'm not very good at it. Um, so That's something I've kind of struggled with. But there, when you think of a podcast, it, it can be a frustrating concept because people are listening to it for free you're giving your content away for free, but that's how it works. And you have to use that free content to build it up in an audience, to build up people who feel like they can't live without that show. And they're going to tell their friends and they're going to post that on Instagram. And so part of it is really like consistently, like I, I really am proud of myself for like in all of 2021, I didn't miss a single episode. Like there was not a single week where a podcast didn't come out. And in fact, I started doing two episodes a week and there has not been a single week since I started that where two episodes haven't come out. And so part of it is being consistent. Like if you are trying to, you're trying to create a brand and if any brand or person is going to buy into that brand, they want to know that it's consistent. It's like my promise to you is that I will always do this like every Tuesday and Thursday, you're going to get an episode. And so that was part of it. I think a big part of it was like getting my first sponsor um, mindset Wellness CBD, which is an amazing company founded by like a husband and wife who are incredible people. And they like really believed in what I was doing early on. And and just knowing that they believed in me enough to like take a chance on me, like was such a great feeling. And you know what, it's now a year later, like I've been working with them for a full year now. And that made me feel like, okay, like this is something real and this is something that people would want to invest in. So it's part sponsorships. It's part. and And the thing I'll say about sponsorships is that people tend to go for really big brands. They want to work with the rent, the runways. They want to work with like any just like popular known brand that they can. And I don't know why I'm blanking on every single brand in the world right now, but like, you know, like they want, they want that skincare brand. They want that like health food brand. They want that alcohol brand. They want whatever brand that like is sponsoring everyone else's podcast. But I actually think the better opportunities are from like small businesses that can distribute to the country. Like it's not just like a New York city based thing. It's like a business that like anyone could order online from because they, like you are a small business. They understand you. They understand the like purpose of like community and, and creating that strong community that like really relies on you and believes you and trusts you. And so that's one thing in terms of sponsorships. A lot of people do bonus episodes and Patreon stuff like that. I've struggled with that because I've done Patreon. I've done bonus episodes outside of Patreon. And my thing is, I always feel like guilty. I'm like, I'm taking people's money and I'm not giving them enough. And it's like, they're probably paying like five bucks a month. And I'm like, no, I need to be giving them so much more for this five bucks a month. And like, I put way too much pressure on myself. Then I feel like I'm not doing it well enough. So then I can't like stop doing the thing. I'm like, here, take all your money back. Like I can't do this. So like, that's a problem that I've struggled with as a business person. Um, merch, merch is fun. Merch is, hard you can't have too high expectations for how many people are gonna buy your sweatshirt because a lot fewer people than you think are gonna buy your sweatshirt. So those are just some of a few of the like ways you can make money from a podcast but yeah it, it is really difficult like I'm not gonna lie. it's really hard. I definitely can't support myself yet from it and that's one of the scary things where like I am taking a really big risk giving eighty percent of my time to it as my current goal right now because i it's not paying for eighty percent of my lifestyle
1: yeah. But I think you have to be willing to take that risk on yourself because when you give it 80%, little by little, it starts becoming more and more towards that 100%. And that is when the reward will will come. Um, I need to separately on a side note, pick your brain about sponsorships because there is a few small businesses and brands like that, not the big ones, but that I do want to have as sponsors on my podcast and who do want to be a sponsor, but I don't know how that works. Like how like logistically to get them the ads on my podcast Mm -hmm. and like all of that. And last question about like the podcast side, would you ever sign with an agency or a podcast network or do you like doing it
0: all on your own? So I've actually been talking to podcast networks lately and um, a few thoughts about it. One, I I think it's actually a great thing. This is something I really struggled with. I had some approach me last spring and summer and I like totally pushed them away. I'm like, nope, like this is my baby. I'm not giving an ounce of control to anyone else. Um, but as it's gotten bigger, as there've been more brands interested, as I'm like, I do really need to monetize this so I can like live and pay my rent and health insurance. I'm like, okay, I actually do need help because I hate negotiating, I hate logistics, I hate sending invoices. Like, I don't have time to do this. I don't want to be doing this, and I could probably be getting like ten times the amount of money if I had someone actually negotiating because. Again, I'm really bad at doing that. So, I have talked to podcast networks. Um I do think I'm going to move forward with one of them, but it's been a really interesting experience where some of the ones that I really had high expectations for and like had someone like amazing on their team introduce me to someone else on their team. It's like their response was sending a link to a Google form where I would just fill out like my download numbers, my follower numbers, how many ratings I have, my reviews and I'm like Wait a second, you don't give two shits about me. And you had one of your biggest clients personally introduce me to you. Why would I want to work with you if you're literally showing me that you don't care about me? You don't care about getting to know me, what I have to offer. You just want to know if this is going to make you money. And that was really eye opening compared to like the, one of the other ones I was talking to where like I had how many hour long meetings where like I was just asking them questions and they were giving me answers and telling me how they were going to work with me and how much they believed in me and how much we like how much creative control I would have, how like, I'm not actually giving up any of the control, just the busy work that I don't want to be doing. And so that was really interesting to see and really eye opening. And I'm glad that I, I, you know, like, I'm glad that I had that experience of that Google form to like reassure me in my decision to hopefully move forward with the other one. But yes, I was definitely against the idea of it at first, but now I'm realizing that it is a really strategic business move.
1: No, I love that that you brought up that you are grateful for that experience because we can talk about this when we now that we're switching over to dating, but every bad boyfriend or bad day or bad friend or bad job interview or bad day, whatever, like they teach you something, they are so valuable and they teach you what not to do or what you don't want. And I think that is almost more valuable If not, it is 100% more valuable than like knowing what you do
0: want. hundred percent. And that's why it's important to like, to date around, to learn what you like and what you don't like, to go on different job interviews, to learn what a company does have to offer you versus another company and see what actually makes sense for you. Because until you learn everything that's out there and what does and doesn't work for you, what does and doesn't feel right, what type of person you want to be with, what type of company you want to be at, if you don't do that research and don't explore the options you're doing yourself a disservice,
1: absolutely, and so that's a perfect segue into dating and you know <laughs> your personal life and how you so I really want to know what your boyfriend thinks of you like hosting a dating podcast like what did what was his first reaction when you got? when you told him, but how did you
0: guys meet? So we did actually meet on Hinge. It was, we matched on Hinge two months after I was let go, which it's, I'm really happy that that happened because there is so much love I have for my time at Hinge. And it obviously brought me to where I am now. And while like the last little bit, I wasn't the happiest. It's still fully shaped like my career and, and my skills and my passions. So I'm really glad that I have that nice little full circle, like Mm -hmm. moment, um, where we did meet on Hinge. And he actually, he messaged me and he said like, Hey, how's it going by the way? I also love the Jonas brothers. And that's because I had something about the Jonas brothers in my profile. And you know, I had, I had that thing in my profile about the Jonas brothers for a while. Nobody else ever said anything about it. Here comes this random kid named Jade mentioning. You also loves the Jonas brothers. Okay. Boom. Instant conversation about our favorite Jonas Brothers songs and our favorite brothers. And so we instantly had that to connect on. It was it was a fun conversation. It led to a date. And the funny part is, um, we matched and started talking in January and it was like really peak COVID. Like before we got vaccinated, it was like the dead of winter. Um, and so we're chatting, he asked me out on a date in the beginning of January. And I'm like, this is going to sound kind of fake, but like, I actually can't see you for six weeks because I'm like with my roommates and like, we are both like all going back to see our parents. So we agreed that like, we're not seeing anyone else, but like, I'll reach back out when I can go on the date. And he like, I was like, all right, I'm never hearing from this girl again. But I reached back out and we went on a date and our first date wasn't that great. It was 20 degrees. We sat outside. All we did was talk about how cold we were. I left thinking like, eh, maybe I'll see this guy again. Maybe not. I don't really know. But he followed up right after and said he had a really great time and would love to see me again. And for me, an anxious ball of anxiety, um, that was really refreshing and comforting because it didn't even give me the opportunity to overthink, to stress, to get anxious about how he thought the date went, even though again, like I didn't really care because I didn't think it was that great. But um so that stood out to me. And that's why I I kept going with him. And um he was really impressed by it. He was really interested. He asked a lot of questions about it. He didn't make any like judgments about me because of it. And he started listening to the episodes like right away. And to me that showed that he genuinely cared about me and what was important to me. And that made me feel really good, you know, that like, there were tons of guys I'd been on dates with, like, since like dating sex started and and with my role at hinge being so like, like forward and, and out there on social media and in public. And they would just like, I don't know the questions they would ask me, like, it was kind of more for fun and for entertainment less. So like that they genuinely cared and just the way he approached it, like he was always asking like what recordings I had this week, like who I was bringing on, how I decided who to bring on, like, oh, you should totally talk to this person or like, oh, like I have this question for this guest that you have. And it was just a really great way for me to learn like his true character. I love that so
1: much. We love a supportive boyfriend and partner. Um, Did you tell him on the first date, or did you like, when did that conversation kind of happen?
0: Yeah, no, it definitely came up on the first date. I mean, for me it's a huge part of my life and it was also like I had just like kind of lost my job and was starting this new thing and so like I don't know what it would have felt weird to like not bring it up yeah no I I agree I, I only ask because I'm the type of person like I can't
1: not talk about like I'm passionate about yeah. it it's what I love like I'm gonna talk about what I do and I've had a couple guys that I talked to on hinge also listen to my podcast um you know, hasn't really worked out, but I don't think it's because of the podcast. It just we weren't a good match. But I think it's it does a lot about them, like you said, their character. If they do go and listen and take initiative and want to like feel a part of it and support you and be and like in it. But there is a lot of girls primarily who hide that they are on social media or are an influencer or like that part of their life because for whatever reason, maybe because they're afraid or ashamed or what, but they hide them like I don't know how like when someone asks me what I do. I can't just say I'm a law student because that is not fully encompassing what I do and what am I going to be doing? I'm going to be working in social media as a lawyer. I'm going to have to explain what the hell I do. So might as well just say it from the beginning. And it also like that way, like you're seeing all of me from the beginning, you know, over time incrementally, but like you're, you're getting the full picture because that is really important, you know? Um, so I love that. And so something that you and I have connected a lot over in DMs is that you don't believe in a lot of these modern day dating rules and like things that other podcasts and other people preach on TikTok and on Instagram, just in general, like, you know, stupid arbitrary rules, like you can't text a guy more than once or, you know, different things. So what are some of your like most not hated, but like some of the dating rules that you really don't agree with? And like, what do you what's your approach? How would you approach it instead?
0: I totally do not agree that you like, if you're a girl, you can't text the guy or that you can't ask them out on date. I think that is so silly. Like it's 2022. If you are interested in someone, you can let them know. Again, if you have feelings for someone, like you can let them know, you know, if someone had feelings for me, I would want them to let me know. But I feel like so often i like, I would do this and my friends would do this where we're just waiting for days for this person to ask us out. And like, we're texting, like we're in a conversation, like they're, we're getting to know each other, but like, it's like, Oh my God, like, when is this guy going to ask me out? And it's like, well, just ask them out. Why can't you say like, like, let's continue this convo over drinks. What night are you free? Like, it's not a crazy idea. Like if you want to go on a date with somebody, ask them on a date, because guess what? If they decide they don't want to go on a date with you, then you know, and you don't have to keep wondering and worrying. And also like, wouldn't you rather, A, wouldn't you rather know sooner, but B, it'd be really weird if this guy is talking to you and flirting with you. And then you ask them out on a date and they're like, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. It's yeah. like realistically not going to happen. I think that's like, um, one of the ones that really frustrates me, um, not being able to text the guy first after the date, um as someone who's anxious i understand the, the perspective of like well like if you're anxious you want the reassurance of them texting you first so that you don't have to then think like oh well did they just respond because i answer because i asked them a question like you want to know that well like they texted me because they wanted to text me whatever i completely disagree with that again like if you want to thank somebody for the date the next day thank them for the date and then like ask them a follow up question about the date like If you want to talk to somebody, talk to them, it's mutual effort. You can't just expect that like one gender is going to do everything because if you're trying to get into a partnership, like it's a partnership and you should feel empowered to ask them questions, to ask them out, um, to talk about your feelings. Another one is like not bringing up anything about like past relationships on a date. I understand. Yes. You don't want to sit there and be like, oh, my ex is crazy. Like that's not something you ever should say. And if you do say that, or if somebody, if somebody, if you hear someone say that run.
1: Oh, I I literally, (laughs) so I blocked someone the other day that I was talking to. We were FaceTiming and he full on called his ex a whore and like tried justifying it. And he kept saying it. And I was like, bye. Bye. Like, I just was like, I think I'm going to go eat dinner and go to bed, talk to you tomorrow. And the minute I got off the call, blocked, deleted, rem- Like I don't want to be the next girl who you make into a whore. No, basically. what? Like, yes. I'm sorry, um, but yes. no, but I, yeah, I agree with all of those. And there's so many more and we could totally do a part two and like yeah. dive more into <laughs> that. But what is like your best advice for being in a healthy relationship? Because you said a relationship is a partnership and- I agree i'm I'm with you on that. I think you and I have a lot of very similar views on this, and I don't host a dating podcast, but I do want to share more of like my dating life and all of that If people ask me questions I want to know again i'm an open book but what is what is some of your best advice for getting into and being in a healthy relationship now that you have you are in one you've experienced you know, the not so great ones. And then now you have a really great supportive partner.
0: Yeah. Anytime that you are about to assume something, you're going to assume what they're thinking. You're going to assume why they're not texting you back. You're going to assume why they haven't asked you on that date. You have to stop yourself because you cannot read this person's mind. And at the same time, if you're think- sitting there questioning something, thinking something and wondering why they're not doing something that you want them to do, well, guess what? They can't read your mind either. You're not dating a mind reader and you have to communicate. You have to communicate what you want. You have to communicate what you don't want. You have to communicate what you're anxious about, what your fears are, how you feel about them. And you have to ask them questions and give them the opportunity to communicate back with you because otherwise you are just going to go down a rabbit hole of making things up in your head, overthinking, creating situations that are not true, assuming the worst, assuming things that are absolutely not true. And that's how you ruin a relationship by not communicating and by holding things back, by not saying something that's on your mind because you're afraid of how they'll react or you're scared that it'll be too much for them. Like it's not that it'll be too much for them. If it's quote unquote too much for them, then it's just not the right fit because you're not there's gonna be somebody who you're not too much for, you know? And that's the person you want to be with. And if you are afraid to communicate about certain things because you're afraid that it's gonna push the person away, communicate about them because if it pushes them away, then it's not something that was ever going to last. And you again you'd want to know that sooner.
1: Absolutely. I I think that's such a great place to end. I freaking love that advice. Like I was always that girl that was told I am too blank, whatever words you want to mm-hmm. use. I am too this, I am too that. And you know what? I'm not too much. Maybe you're not enough or maybe you just yeah. can't handle it and that's okay. But I don't, you know, if I'm too much for you, then there's the door I'll gladly hold out open for you. And like, I'm going to go find someone who likes those things about me
0: because someone out there will there, be that person
1: someone 100%. out there will and one of like my exes I guess you can call him situationship very early on in it it was a 10 month situationship which lasted eight months longer than it should have but COVID and like life like, always does yeah that's fine I learned a lot I'm actually really grateful for it I learned a lot he and one of the things he told me very very early on in him and I we have stayed like we're classmates we've stayed friends like you know every once in a while, like, if we, like, happy birthdays, like, bar exam, things like that, and he was, like, in February, very early on last year, he was, like, you deserve someone who is gonna be there and give you everything you want, but I am not that guy, and he told me that in February, and then when we talked, so that was actually February 2020, we talked in April 2021, like, six months after we had finally ended things in October, because he was graduating, and I remember telling him, like, we both had the talk of, like, I love, like, I love you as a person. You are a great person. I wish that we wanted the same things. I wish we wanted what like each other had to offer, but we don't. And that's okay. Like neither of us, like I told him, I was like, you are not a bad guy. I don't hate you. Cause he thought I was mad at him and I hated him because I, I blocked him because, but it was too much for me. It wasn't that I was mad at him ever, but I did it to protect myself. And then I explained that to him. And I was like, look, I will always care about you as a person. I think you were a great person, but you said it yourself in February last year, like a whole year and a half ago. You are not the right guy for me. And I deserve someone who is that guy. And I want to find him. And he was like, you are a great girl. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. You've come such a long way. Like I do care about you as a person. Like, you know, you can always come to me. Like we will always be friends. And like, I'm glad that we get to stay friends. And I think, again, I learned a lot from him. It was a very, actually amicable it wasn't a healthy like situation but it was a very amicable and healthy like breakup or whatever mm, yeah it was a very good ending and I think you know if I'm too much for you I was never too much for him we just wanted to things but like I've also been with people who I am too much for, and have said that to me and friends have said that to me I'm like these are not my friends these are not my people but I will find those people so I think that's such a yeah. great piece of advice because it goes for relationships but also friendships but Thank you so much, Alana, for coming on the podcast. I have loved this conversation. We'll definitely do a part two in the future all about dating and relationship tips and also just friendships because they kind of go hand in hand. And because you're in a oh, partnership, yeah. you also marry the families and marry their friends. Like that's a big part of being in a relationship. So we'll definitely dive more into that. But. Where can everyone find you? Where can everyone find seeing other people?
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I could go on for like years about friendships and how that relates to relationships and how it, it's all so fun, can I. fun times. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can listen to seeing other people wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow at seeing other people on Instagram and then I'm at Alana Dunn on Instagram and TikTok. Perfect, I'll have everything linked in the show notes.